he hurts himself every time too. It's impressive. He does. Shut the fuck up. You know. You know. Shut up. You know. You know. If you don't, if I had a nickel for every time you didn't shut the fuck up, I'd be on the street. If I had a dollar for every brain cell you didn't have, I'd have one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> And hello. <laughs> he's got, he's got a good Squidward and he's got a good Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> you know what? I don't oh, have no. a good personality. Hello and welcome to the podcast. <laughs> That's it. That's the intro. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Tiny Steak Podcast. Endo Mills is choking on apple juice. The no, fuck this was is that? Ginger ale, baby. It's Hennessy. Oh, now yeah. hold on. It's got to be Canada Dry, right? It's Canada Dry, baby. Only way you can okay. drink it. None of that Schweppes right. shit, okay? None of that. <laughs> Authentic. Sin, are you a Canada Dry Absolutely. man or a Schweppes man? Never even had Schweppes. Canada it's Dry good. all the way. It's good. I like both. I, I was a sick boy growing up, and I'm like, just give me the ginger ale. Had, yeah, Make me I feel know. better. That was what I did every time thing. with like a stomach flu or something like that, ginger ale. It's the way to go. Welcome, everybody, again to another edition. This is it. This is the podcast. We're just rocking. We're rolling. We're here. We're back again to talk about everything in the lovely world of hockey and some other random stuff based off of the viewer questions that we have today. But that is okay. We are here again alongside, as you have heard at this point already, Mr. Endo Mills and Mr. Sin for the Winsky. And gentlemen, I'm excited for today's show because last night, Stanley Cup playoffs... Maybe the most ridiculous game <laughs> yeah. in the history of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I can't wait to talk about that. But before we do, of course, we got a lot of other things to cover. So before we get down to business to defeat the Huns, the Huns uh, we need to mention, as always, that this show is brought to you by our lovely friends at Manscaped. You can go to Manscaped.com. You can use code Toogie to get 20% off your order and... Free worldwide shipping. Are you hearing that? Free worldwide shipping. In this economy? With how everybody, every service, penny pinching you to death, try to book on an Airbnb and they're just like, yeah, it's 156 bucks, but here's a cleaning fee and a service fee. So it's 250 And then just kidding, there's taxes. It's 300 bucks, And I say, fuck you, I'm getting a hotel. Can I just clean myself? Why can't I pay the pay Oh, no, they expect you to clean, too, and then hit you with a cleaning fee. The what? Well, they just, yeah. But you know, companies that do not screw you over like that, Manscaped's at the top of the list. Again, they got you covered from head to toe. I mean it. The head on your hair to the weird, like, toe hair on that big toe that you're just like, why does that grow there? You could take care of that too if you want, or anywhere in between. Hell, they can even help you take care of your holes. I'm not going to tell you which ones. But they have the ability. The tools. The resources are there. <laughs> I knew I could get into the crack. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Again, code to you check out at manscaped.com. 20% off for the cleanest holes you can possibly give yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going for. Yeah, I don't dude. <laughs> we've been aver- we've been with Manscaped for like a year, man. Yeah, a lot. I mean, unless you want to sit here and do the same boring ad read that everybody skips through. But, you know, with the way we do things here, you never know what you're going to get. 
I'm surprised they let us do this so, for so long. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't been like, hey, listen, we love it, but like, just just once, give us a prompt. <laughs> just read the thing. Read just the read thing. the thing. Uh, we had that Last one time where I read the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Last time you talked. not good enough. Go back. <laughs> Last time you talked about the kids from Rugrats dreaming that they were swinging off Grandpa's nose hair, and you turned to the talk. You turned that into talking about creepy pastas. For God's sakes, this time you're talking about clean holes. We don't know where this is going. Just read the script. But <laughs> Manscaped.com code to get checkout twenty percent off your order and free worldwide shipping. We thank them. We thank you for listening to and supporting this podcast. And we will again thank you guys by bringing back viewer questions. Yay. Because we only have four hockey games to talk about after uh, the past couple of days. And we will start off with uh, a rather interesting question. And again, a reminder, if you want to get your questions in there, you can join the uh, the Discord. What is it? The, the cafe? The Toogie's Cafe or something like that? I don't know. I didn't set it up, but hey, it's it's the place to be. Links in the description and whether or not you're listening or watching. Join up. Get your questions in there, just like Hawks did, who asked, since you guys talked about food on last week's podcast, favorite dinner meals, which dinner plate is the goat? Um, and the correct answer for best dinner plate is my Hercules uh, Disney commemorative plate from like 1998 when the movie was first coming out. Oh, that's what he means by uh, it. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't think that's what he oh. means by it at all. I think he just means like, what is your favorite like dinner meal? But I saw a dinner plate and I'm like, Disney. <laughs> it just reminds me of the episode of Family Guy. <laughs> Lois, this isn't my Batman glass. Like, <laughs> yeah. Lois, so this isn't my Batman glass. Oh, God. So, favorite dinner meal. If you could have one thing for dinner, Endo Mills, what would it be? God, um, I don't even know. Go to Sin first. I I have no idea. I have to think about this. Mm. Sin, if you need a second, I have my answer. You you can go for it. I need to choose. Okay. Now, this has nothing to do with a certain ESPN personality, I promise. But as a, a man of Italian descent, you cannot beat a good chicken parm. You can't. I get it. People might be sick of hearing about it. And again, I I love John Butchcross. I do. But, you know, he goes a bit overboard with it. It's his, it's his gimmick. It's his shtick at this point. And it's fine. But, uh, yeah, no, you can't beat a good chicken parm. That is my answer. Sin. Yeah. You had less time to think about it than Endo, but <laughs> go for it. I used to make this, like, chicken curry dish with my mom. Now, like, uh. You uh, you like had like you layered the bottom with asparagus, and then you made like put like this chicken curry mix over the top, which is and then some uh, cheese on it and baked it, and it was really good. You like serve it over rice. Fuck, that used that was like, I gotta find that recipe because it's somewhere. Yes, you do, and you gotta stuff. send it to me. <laughs> it's it was, it's so good. It's just so good, and it it's one of those things where you heat it up the next day and it tastes just as good. Those are the best ones, mm-hmm. aren't they? They are the best ones, and the mills. Your top dinner. So, um, recently, like all time or just recently, because like I can't remember what my favorite thing is. Just, Maybe just like a nice right cold. now, if you could have one thing after we're done recording this podcast served to you for dinner, what would it be? Hold on, I have the recipe right here because I told Plain to go get it for me. Uh, okay, you, you get you get some basil. You get a get a quarter a quarter tablespoon of basil, and then you get some you get the, you know, all the seasonings and the fixings. Savory. Savory braised chick. Is it the chickpea one? No, not the other one. 
It's uh, a tal. Mm, where's the one with the feather? There you go. Sun dried tomato pesto and spinach penne with marinated mozzarella and garlic on a garlic ciabatta. That right. is the best thing. It's so good. It's got a nice little spice to it. You also have like you know the mozzarella on the on the garlic ciabatta, and it's perfectly good. Like you know you can just scoop it up after you eat it, like the the sauce with the bread. Mm, especially mm. when it's got a hint of mozz on there. Ah, mamma mia, that's a spicy, spicy spaghetti. <sighs> Send these damn zoomers. <laughs> these damn zoomers, I tell you. I'm more like Is that from the snowflake generation? Yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta have so many fucking spices in your pasta. Your pasta. Because I like spice, mate. <laughs> mate. An avo latte. Is that from fucking Portland? <laughs> no, so it's I from had Seattle. <laughs> So I had to look this up. Uh, obviously, you know, Gen X, Millennials, Gen Z. Do you know what the common phrase is for people who were born in the early 2010s to the mid-2020s? Vibe. What? Generation Alpha. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a bunch of that's, fucking cucks. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's what we're going for now. Oh, huh? yeah, you go Z and then Alpha now. So all, all the kids, I mean, yeah. I'm an Alpha. It's just weird. Anyway, it's fucking weird, totally man. sidetracked. Hawks, thank you for getting us to talk about food. Appreciate the you. next generation is this... going to be Generation Zalpha. <laughs> no, they're going to be Beta because they're going to be a bunch of Beta. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Balfa. No. Moon Unit Alpha and Moon Unit Zalpha. <laughs> <sighs> oh, God. This next question comes from good friend of the channel, Mr. A Rogue Pineapple. You are remaking your favorite buddy cop movie, but you have to cast the three of you in the buddy cop and bad guy roles. What movie are you remaking, and who is playing what roles? What a question. This is a great fucking question. I already know mine. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, Sin, go ahead. I'm going to put some thought into it. I'm remaking it, then. Go 21 ahead. Jump Street. <laughs> uh, absolutely remaking 21 Jump Street. Like... I don't. The, the question is, who the fuck do I cast? Uh, well, no, it's the three of us in the role. That's what I mean. I Who's who? Like yeah. that, that's that's what I struggle with. I <sighs> guess Endo would be the high school kid because I mean I have to I have to. You said Twenty One Jump Street, right? Yeah. I have to be Jonah Hill. I'm the only one that's fat enough. <laughs> but like, am I Channing Tatum? Do I have the energy? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> give, give us uh, give us your best Jeff. And then Jeff, huh? Yeah, you got yeah, it. You're fine. Went to the. That's Hefe, man. That's <laughs> that was 22 oh. Jump Street, though. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Endo would 100% be uh, the younger Franco. Mm. Endo Mills. <laughs> Do you have a choice, and why is it? <laughs> you gave me this friendship <laughs> bracelet. And <laughs> so Do you have a choice, and why is it white chicks? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. It's not. Fair. I just did. It's not fair. Holy fuck. <laughs> it's white chicks, but you can't do that to me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> 
and I need you. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's totally white oh, chicks. Fuck. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, it's totally just me as both. <laughs> he, white chick square. I am the Wayans brothers. I am oh, the God. Endo Mills as the Wayans brothers. <laughs> oh, God. All right, I have my answer. Endo, was that, is that your official answer? <laughs> For comedic purposes, yes. Well, for comedic purposes, my get my uh, answer is Men in Black. Guess who you're playing? <laughs> uh, he's playing he's Tommy Lee Jones. No, no, damn it! I was, I was gonna go with the dog. I couldn't remember his fucking name though. Frank. No, he's playing I'm Frank. The alien that goes, Orion's belt, meet me in oh, Orion's belt. God. So I mean, like it has to be like I would I would be uh, Agent K. Tommy Lee Jones, Endo, for no specific reason, is Will Smith, other than his comedic timing. You are Jay. Am I the and, alien? Uh, sin- yeah, you, you got to be the alien, man. Give you got to do it. Sugar. In water. <laughs> you, you I, don't, have, I don't get you to, have to be Zed. Be. What the hell? Oh, you want to look like no, me you, when you, you hit 50? To... Ish. Well, no, because the, the villain, right? Yeah, you got to yeah, be the bad guy. And I think... I think you could pull off the uh, the alien from the first Men in Black pretty well. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm ugly. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll take that compliment. Vincent D'Onofrio is a goddamn genius. He is. That he performance is, is low-key incredible when you break it down. Like, you, you have no mm-hmm. doubt that that's a fucking alien in human skin the entire time. Like, that's how on point his performance is. Like, he walks like he's, like, the, the old frickin' uh, saying of, like, oh, yeah, it's, like, just two kids. Yes. On, you know, like, like, one kid and then another sitting on his shoulders. He walks like that for the whole movie. The greatest physical acting, like, I've ever seen. Like, when he's, like, going through time, like, bumps someone coming out of that restaurant. He's got his hand on his hip. He's just like, like, it's <laughs> fucking brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Every physical, every physical, like, mark he, he just nails. And Endo, on the plus side, you get to smack Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when that happened? I think it's really funny that I got that. Because uh, when I when I was younger, I used to get, like, people would think I look like Jaden Smith. So it's like, I, I see the connection. What? A little bit. I don't see it at all. When I, have my, I, when I, have my I think hair those kids back. are just fucking racist, so. <laughs> just, yeah, I think they are. It was because of Karate Kid, and I had my hair braided back. And I looked oh, like okay. Like, yeah. And then they, they beat you up, and you're like, you're like Jaden Smith. <laughs> yeah, nice hair. I'm just saying, it's too late. That, that that school fight scene is over the top with how much like flying around he's doing in a school fight. <laughs> just I oh, never yeah. saw the the Karate Kid I haven't remake either, because... but I just saw that scene and it's so ridiculous. <laughs> My favorite part is when he talks to the one of the Asian like in the, he's on the bus, like the train going to the, the thing. He goes to the subway <laughs> and he starts speaking. I think it's like Mandarin Cantonese. And he's like, "Dude, I'm from Detroit." <laughs> I was it's a too, <laughs> that's it's a too late to change my answer to rush hour. Oh, <laughs> dude, that's pretty good. That's a good. You can change it. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I, like I mean, obviously, like look, it, look Men in Black me. fits. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, it's rush hour. <laughs> We're getting the all-time endo laughs. The imp- it's just been impressions week for us, hasn't it? No, it really yeah. has been. Uh, all right, so uh, Sin, you are Chris Tucker. <laughs> yes, and uh, and Endo and I can can fight for the right to be Jackie Chan. I'll be the guy in the um 
<laughs> the convenience, the the guy selling the noodles. To Chris. <laughs> oh, the first rush hour, yeah. Yeah, the first one. You get to be the Asian God. with bleached blonde hair. Oh, my dream. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, if you tried, it would come out orange. Sorry. Yeah. It's just how it goes for you uh, dark-haired people. Oh, I thought I was taking what a turn. What do you mean? What do you mean? You're I know, I know. <laughs> you you people with oh. dark hair. See, if I said you people with dark hair, that would have been worse. I am a paper the dark hair. They come oh. over here, they dye their hair, they don't play hockey. <laughs> oh, it's getting exponentially better. I love it. Oh, <laughs> oh man. What is this question on? comes from good friend of the channel, Roomba, also known as Nuge. Uh, and it's, it's solely for me because it's a as soccer a question. Does It is, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, who uh, we'll be playing FIFA with, I think, tonight on stream. It'll hope be so. a good time. Just kidding, Does Steven Gerrard. No, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I have to throw that in there for Nuge. <laughs> give him, give him a little PTSD action. Oh God! Does Steven Gerrard, who is the manager of Aston Villa, formerly a and still a Liverpool club legend, now the manager of Aston Villa. Does Steven Gerrard save Liverpool's title chances on Sunday? For those who do not know, again, I explained it. Steven Gerrard played for Liverpool for years and years and years. He now manages Aston Villa. Aston Villa, on Sunday, play Manchester City. If Villa can get a draw, or even a win, and Liverpool win their game, then Liverpool will win the league title. If Aston Villa blow it, then Manchester City will win the league title on the last day of the season. And to answer this question, I need to check the scoreboard, because Aston Villa played today, and they drew Burnley. The best way I can describe Burnley, uh, for the hockey fans in attendance, uh, God, how do I describe them? You need X uh, think, think of like a, the, sh oh like the shithouse team that hangs around but never accomplishes anything. Minnesota? Toronto? <laughs> yes. I was going to say. Uh, so you're having to rely Toronto. on. You're having to rely on Toronto to beat Tampa. A less talented Toronto. Like. 2010 like, Toronto versus 2022 as, Tampa. God, it might as well be like the Buffalo Sabres from the McEichel draft year where they're just stripping pieces away. Like, that's Burnley. And you're having to rely on them to beat Tampa. Like, modern Tampa. Oof. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath. Oof. I'm not. Um, I will be over the fucking moon if it happens. Um, because that means Liverpool would have won three championships already this season. With an opportunity for a fourth. Uh, through, obviously, soccer-wise, you get your league play and your tournament play. So, I'm hoping. But I'm not that optimistic. I gotta be, I gotta be honest. Our next question comes from Channel Legend, Scroopy Noopers, 248. Question for the podcast, other than Godzilla, who was your favorite kaiju from the Godzilla I don't even know what that means. Franchise. Monsters? So, like, the monsters, Ugh. whether it be friend or foe to, uh, to Godzilla. Were you ever, I'm guessing you weren't ever a big Godzilla guy. No, I watched the one with Matthew Broderick in, in like, the 2000s. Unfortunate. Yeah. Unfortunate. <laughs> was, this was funny as shit. I used to, I had a Godzilla toy that you pulled the one of the little fins back and he roared like Godzilla. Yeah, I don't fucking God. know what it's like. What is it? Moth? There's like a moth. There's a giant fucking moth. Yeah, it's Mothra. 
Mothra was good. I like, I I like mean, Dave Chappelle when he, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he beaches uppercuts the fuck out. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about. There you go. That's my favorite kaiju. It's not. It's it's my head cannon. <laughs> Dave Chappelle is my favorite kaiju. <laughs> we got, we got have an episode title, everybody. I got nation white. <laughs> oh, <laughs> when the Godzilla went smack. <laughs> oh, fucking hell! Uh, Endo, were you ever a uh, a Godzilla guy? My, or? Favorite, my favorite kaiju is great great ape. <laughs> <laughs> He's a kaiju. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> Clifford, Clifford the big red dog is my favorite, my kaiju. favorite kaiju. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, all I know is like, was, isn't King? Would King Kong be considered one? Because they had the Godzilla yeah. versus King Kong. Yeah. Yeah, basically, a Mothra. kaiju is a gigantic monster oh. or a gigantic creature. Oh. Okay. So yeah, King Kong is technically I I mean I you gotta consider him a kaiju. Like he literally you had Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah. Like he's a kaiju. Yeah. For sure. Me after Thanksgiving dinner, I'm a kaiju. <laughs> <laughs> You're a waifu. Um <laughs> a waifu. God man. I mean the summer. I so I grew up watching all the old Godzilla movies. Uh, my mom was a big and still is a big Godzilla fan. Um Godzilla's fucking dope. Uh, my answer is the least. Like, like, it shouldn't even count. But there is a a character <laughs> called Jet Jaguar. What? Who is literally just a man in a robot suit? Oh, nice. It's so it's so fucking stupid. But Jet Jaguar is my favorite because it makes no fucking sense at all it's like you have godzilla fighting these fucking crazy ass creatures you got Ghidorah's a fucking three-headed dragon fucking rodon and all this shit and then here's jet jaguar it's just a dude and the robots it's so fucking stupid but i love it tremendously this sounds like a everybody if that's the case then shinji is my favorite <laughs> God, just Godzilla's the fucking best. Like weird Japanese nonsense. It's just the best. I'm a big fan. Um, I do recommend. You know what's funny is, um, you know, like the most recent Godzilla kind of trilogy that they've put out. It was a trilogy. Um, Holy shit! I haven't gone to the movie. Yeah. So, uh, what was it like? Godzilla 2014. Um, yeah, it was 2014, and then they put out Godzilla King of the Monsters, and then Godzilla vs King Kong. Mm. Came out last year. Um, really good turn your brain off movies. I really like them. Uh, the first one, they don't show Godzilla that much. They really just slow build to the final fight. But the mm. final fight's so fucking good. I kind of like when movies I don't, do that. that that's, that's the Jaws technique, and it's good. It's always good. Yeah. Like, dude, the movie ends with Godzilla grabbing this opposing monster by top and bottom jaw, ripping his mouth open, and just, you know, flamethrowering, atomic breath, blowing the thing up. It's it's the nerdiest shit in the world, but I love it. It's cool as fuck. Part of me thought he Watch was going like, to grab him by the tail and swing him around like Super <laughs> Mario 64. <laughs> so long, <laughs> game, <laughs> In the original, wasn't it the original Godzilla versus King Kong that Godzilla did 
was swung around by the tail. Like, <laughs> I have no clue. Probably. <laughs> oh, oh God. Best. We could talk about this for a long time, but the bottom line is Dave Chappelle is Sin's favorite kaiju. Yeah, he absolutely is. <laughs> our final question to turn this into our hockey podcast again uh, comes from Guy from Boston. I did a random Google search to see who was the worst player with the most Stanley Cups. My question is, who do you think was the worst? Oh, man. So, he linked, hold on, he linked this article uh, from October of 2016, the top 15 worst NHL players to win multiple Stanley Cups. And I want your answer. I'm going to list two people. You say who's worst, and that person will continue on. Okay? Okay. So, number 15 of the LA Kings, Colin Frazier. Versus number 14 of the New Jersey Devils, Grant Marshall. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I don't even know who Grant Marshall is. He was he was very much a role player, but two Stanley Cups with the Devils. And then Frazier won, I think, one with... Did he win one with Chicago? He won one with Chicago and then one with LA. Was he a defenseman, yeah. right? Uh, no, that's both forwards, Colin I think. Frazier. Wait, who am I thinking of Frazier defenseman? Oh, whatever. Um, uh, Mark Frazier? Yeah, there you go. He used to play for the Oilers? Yeah. You want to just call these two kind of a tie? That's, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Both uh, yeah, kind of bad. I literally don't yeah. know either of them, really. Even though right. Number did. 13 uh, was Billy Carroll, who was a part of the Islanders' Cups. I, I can't comment on Billy Carroll. I don't know who he is. Number 12, Chris Dingman. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> this goes Dinger. to show you like how quickly those role players are forgotten, even when you win Cups. Because I, 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 these, these names are simply not ringing a bell. Yeah, oh, he won with Colorado in 01 and, uh, and Tampa in 04. Number 11, Daniel Carcillo. <laughs> he belongs on the list, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Number 10, Craig Adams for the uh, Hurricanes and the Penguins. I'm going to go Craig Adams because Carcillo was very effective in his role. That's And fair. even more effective now as, a, as an advocate. There you go. Good job, Carbone. Number 9, Grant Jennings with the uh, Penguins in the 90s. Um, never knew how to say this guy's name, but he won with the Red Wings. I don't think we could pick him because Deke Slayer would be mad. But Joey Koser? K-O-C-U-R? Oh. I think it's Koser. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, he was, he, was he was a bit of a tough guy, I think. Yeah. Number six, I skipped ahead a little bit, but uh, Tim Taylor, former the tool man, former captain of the Lightning. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, they had Tomasz Kopecki at five. Uh, Stefan Yell at two, and number one on the list, and I totally agree with it, Dustin Penner. Yeah, fuck, fuck. Oh, my fuck God. Fuck you, buddy. Fuck pancakes. Fuck you. <laughs> you might have a cup ring or two, but you were carried to it, let's be honest. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> I didn't think Nobody Yell else was come too to mind. bad. Stefan Yell wasn't that bad, was he? Damn, I didn't think. I didn't think so. Yeah. Biden yeah, he was. won with Colorado and Calgary in the early 2000s. Yeah, like, yeah. He was on, he was an integral part of that. At least what I remember in Colorado, he was a menace. Yeah. So, I mean, that list really does kind of, uh, it's just like, well, who was a fourth liner yeah, probably. on a really good team that was carried in a sense yeah. is kind of how I Penner. view that. Um, I God, I don't know if I have an answer for who was the the worst player, though, to like win. That's a that's really honestly like, for me specific like, criteria recency bias. You got to kind of look at Maroon right now. The fact that he's won three <laughs> straight and the kind of role he plays, like it's comical. It's kind of comical. Like I'm not gonna <laughs> shit on the guy, but it's also like pretty comical how he's won three like straight cups. Oh, and he God, and he flaunts he it too. He flaunts it like that's the I'm like oh man. 
And he might just win a fourth. He might, dude. Yeah. Tampa's, whoo, they're a wagon still. Does Patrick Maroon make the Hockey Hall of Fame if he wins four straight I'm going to be, he should not. And, and that that's going to just carry us further down the road of cups or what matters more than anything. And I think that's silly. I agree. Thank you all again for the questions. That was uh, that was a fun one. Uh, a couple of quick things to touch up upon. Um, first and foremost, Nashville have extended head coach John Hines, uh, who you know previously coached the Devils, goes to Nashville, and it's like, oh, what are you guys doing? But they have technically made the playoffs now in all three of the seasons there, so not that bad of a fit. Um, the the Selkie nominees were out as well. Uh, Sasha Barkoff, Patrice Bergeron, and Elias Lindholm. Patrice Bergeron's winning, and uh, Bruce Cassidy said this in regards to Bergeron being a finalist for the Selkie. Quote, every year the nerds come up with new stats, and he excels in those two. (laughs) Very Boston thing to say. (laughs) Yes, it is. Um, And uh, on top of that as well, something else we were going to mention I didn't write down. Uh, People just won't leave the fucking Arizona Coyotes alone. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Katie Strang is normally on point with her reporting. Unfortunately, she had a uh, a bit of a swing and a miss in her article in regards to, uh, again, something that anyone who's vehemently anti-Arizona has latched on to, even though, uh, dare I use the term, fake news. Um, you know, people were freaking out because, you know, the way this was reported in Katie Strang's article, it looked like, oh, the Coyotes aren't going to be allowed to have their logo on center ice. That is not true. The Coyotes logo will be at center ice, but so will Arizona State's logo as well. And Arizona essentially gets the call of what the ice surface is allowed to look like. That does not mean the Coyotes logo will not be there. Uh, Anybody that looks into this deal knows that Arizona State is benefiting tremendously well from this. Uh, Any... um, Upgrades to the arena, to the facilities uh, that the Coyotes make, that stays with ASU. The rights, ASUs, like that's it. So the Coyotes do get this temporary home. ASU obviously benefiting very heavily from this as well. Uh, People keep trying to find any little thing that they can to continue to be like, move the team, move the team, move the team. And look, you know, if in five years from now I'm still doing hockey content on the internet and the Coyotes are in their new rink and the attendance is still shit. Uh, Even if the team is good, I will qualify because guess what? There are great arenas with great fan bases where people don't show the fuck up if the team is bad. Yeah, San Jose. Uh, (laughs) San Jose used to be one of the most packed houses and loud buildings in the, uh, guess what, the mid-2000s and the 2010s. And then why did it stop? Well, the Warriors dynasty, and then the Sharks started sucking. Like that's that's the that's the way of things. Yeah, I mean, it it literally just yeah is the way that it goes. So look, I if if the Coyotes get their new arena and it still doesn't work, I will gladly admit that I was wrong. But just it's kind of like the state of officiating. People just love to complain. Like at this point, this is happening unless an arena deal in Tempe completely breaks down. The Coyotes are staying in Arizona. They're getting a new arena. If they get this new arena, they're not going anywhere for like the next decade, yeah, I would imagine. Not. Like it would way too it'd be way too big of a hit to have this new arena built 
and then to lose or you know have the team be relocated within five years or so. I do. They're staying, everybody. Right or wrong, they're staying. Like I, I don't get the point of dogpiling on the oh this is an embarrassment or this and this and this. What's that accomplishing? No. Yeah, nothing's changing, even if you think it should. You're a hockey fan. You support the NHL. This isn't new. If you think you're being fed shit, yeah, you're fed shit and watching every single NHL game with the standard of officiating and the DOPS. How is this any different? This is the NHL. Eat shit like the taste of it or just keep whining on the internet. Yeah, like this isn't the first time like at all that they've had a situation like this where they've had to do some, some sort of agreement. Like the Senators, when they came back, they had to share it with the 67s. With the, oh, the, yeah. the CHL team. They played in that arena until theirs was built. People just don't like... Also, that sense team was garbage. That sense team was completely yeah. garbage the for the whole duration. Or hmm? The expansion sends, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah they had they were fucking 30. terrible. Yeah, they were, all, they were a team of fourth liners. Like, across yeah. the board. They were coached by uh, Bonus, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, I, I don't even know, man. It's just know. it's but just yeah. recency bias and just piling on the fact that Arizona's in a bad state right now. It's no, it's well, what it is, it's a non hockey market bias. Like no one talks about the Sens because they're Canadian. They're the yeah. core of the game. There's so much of the hockey is 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 is, is such a gatekeeping fucking community. The community of hockey oh, it's tribalistic is the most sure. yeah, very tribalistic, but super gatekeeping. So, like, original six teams are never going to get criticized for anything like this. Hockey markets will never get criticized for any of this. Canadian teams will never, ever, ever get criticized for this. In fact, they think they're oppressed in some way, like that that the league's against Canadian teams now, which is fucking hilarious. Um, That's comical. Yeah, it's like the yeah. bottom. The bottom line is the NHL does not want to relocate a team at this point unless they absolutely have to. Look at how much money the Seattle Kraken and their ownership group just paid as an expansion team. That is what the NHL wants. They paid $650 million to add the Kraken to the league. They do not want to relocate anybody. I agree. Houston should get an expansion franchise. Fucking Quebec City. Then that arena that's been sitting there for, I feel like, at least five, almost ten years now. You do a Tron Center. There yeah. should be an NHL team in that rink. Absolutely. It is going, the NHL, if they have their way, it's going to be an expansion team, and they are going to make that money as opposed to relocating. Yeah, I would love to see more Period. expansion. I think I think always you should always be looking to expand more. I Yeah, I have no issue with there being 34, 36, 40 teams. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. As long as you don't expand the playoffs, I don't have an issue with it. And there's a way to naturally still make it. You know, and again, like if you have more teams in those divisions, it cuts down on travel, which I'm sure the players will like. I mean, sure, in the regular season, you'll be playing more of these teams consistently. Like, say, for example, we were to get up to like 40 teams. In theory, geographically, you'd want it to be 10 teams per division, 20 teams per conference. Top eight make it. Yeah. So you could literally do, if there's two divisions with ten teams each, the top four from each division make the playoffs, and there you go. Like It's not difficult to figure out at all. Bottom line is, the Arizona Coyotes are not going anywhere. 
And yes, I agree. QC, uh, Kansas City, uh, Houston. There are a lot of markets that you can point out as this should have this market should have an NHL team. Yeah, I was just, I was just gonna... and they will if they pay for it. Yeah, I was just going to kind of think on that. I'm like, what cities? Like, just just for fun. Like, what do we think? Like, just the next one should be like because you have to obviously consider there needs to be a couple east and a couple west. So obviously, Quebec City on the eastern side. Would Kansas City be considered east? Because I'm because that's that's close. I mean, you'll have some teams that will feel like they get kind of shafted yeah. by the travel. But, I mean, we've talked about this before, um, you know, in terms of uh, – God, hold on. I'm trying to look something Because like, obviously here. Houston like, would be west or, you know. Yeah. Like, we, we've talked about this before. We get asked this all the time. Like, oh, where would you – Oh, okay. Um, you know, where would you put – uh, a new team, and you know it's something that we've talked about. Like Houston, Texas, fourth largest city by population in the United States, they do not have a team. And again, Phoenix is fifth. That is why they will not move this team. The market potential there is unfucking believable. Yeah. They just need to get the arena situation right. And the problem is, I don't know the full story behind why they elected to build in Glendale twenty years ago. But they did, and that was a mistake. You know, again, they were sharing the uh, the arena with the Suns downtown. It wasn't great for hockey because the sight lines weren't great. The Suns apparently have no desire to build a new arena to share it with the Coyotes, so fuck you, you're on your own. But, you know, you look at this, like San Antonio, seventh largest. You could easily put a team there. San Diego, eighth largest city in the U.S. by population. And if you can appeal to the Hispanic market, holy fuck. Like, obviously, San Diego's a goddamn border town. Um, Austin, Texas. Like, again, a lot of Texas, a lot of California. Um, Indianapolis. Very similar in size to Columbus. Indianapolis could get uh, a shout at this stage. Oklahoma City. I don't know if the uh, the arena where the Thunder play uh, yeah. fit for hockey. I think it does. If I'm not mistaken, is that where the Oklahoma City Barons played when they were in the AHL? It yeah. might very well be. Like, literally, you can just go down the list of city population for both the U.S. and Canada and see what would be a good fit. But the problem is, obviously, you look at Canada and the population, and there's really no other tremendous options uh, once you get a little bit down uh, you know, down the rankings. I mean... Obviously, Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Ottawa, Winnipeg. Seven NHL teams, seven most populated uh, cities in Canada. Outside of that, it's Quebec. And again, Saskatoon. I'm sure QC will have they'll have a team again. And then you have Hamilton, but are they too close to Toronto? Yeah. Kitchener, London, Ontario. Like, they're not going to get their own teams, I would imagine. It's the only issue um, in Canada when half your country is... Uh... Above the Arctic Circle, and no one lives yeah. there. Well, that's the issue too. Is it's just yeah. Ontario's so fucking large. It's like, okay, do you want them to support a second team? Uh, you could make the argument that New York pulls it off. Yeah, but at the same time, like that's it for Canada. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you might get a team in Hamilton and QC. I can't see. Obviously, Kitchener, London, Halifax, like. These, these places aren't going to get a team with populations under 500,000 people. Um, you know, looking at the NHL cities that uh, is there, I, the only city I think 
in the NHL right now that has a population of under 500,000 people is the uh, is Raleigh, where the Hurricanes play yeah. in North Carolina. I believe that's it. Um, but I believe like that's just the Raleigh area, not just like the greater yeah, area. Yeah, just like how and they got the, like the whole state on lock, so. Right. Minneapolis is 429, but that's just Minneapolis on its own. I don't think that factors in Minneapolis-St. Paul. So it's not that difficult to see. I mean, Tampa's in that same thing, but again, you look at Tampa and St. Pete, it's yeah. it's much higher than the 384,000 that Wikipedia has Tampa's population at. Um, Anaheim as well. You know, it's just you look at that, and it's like, okay, so yeah, I mean, Canadian cities, you look at the greater area, I'm sorry, but, like, okay, Anaheim compare the greater area of where area. Anaheim is to, like, Halifax, and I'm pretty sure the thing, you're going to have more people available to go to Ducks games. The thing about Anaheim games. is, like, that L.A. is just so fucking mad. Like, I, when I think of L.A., I, Anaheim's included in that because it's just so many of these cities just stacked on top of one another. So it's, like, it, it's population density. It doesn't matter what the individual census is on those. Like, there's just – they're all the surrounding counties, like – Anaheim and Orange, like, essentially it's Orange County versus L.A. County, like, when you think of the Kings yeah. versus Anaheim. And even South, I think they probably, like, Anaheim even got, you know, some of the southern states. My buddy in Bay Area is a Ducks fan. Anyway, but yeah. So, uh, shut the fuck up about the Coyotes. Um, the Jack Adams finalists are also out. The final three, Andrew Brunette of the Florida Panthers, Gerard Gallant of the New York Rangers, and Daryl Sutter of the Calgary Flames. Did you guys catch Sutter's quote? I did not. Oh, he was, he was, he, I don't know. I, I found this man incredibly fascinating. I really was too young to appreciate him as a Sharks coach, but God, he's funny as shit. And he was just saying like, <laughs> he would rather see it go to Gallant. He was like, he, he was in a much tougher situation. He got a raw deal. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, and I'd also rather see it to go to one of these younger guys too coming in. Like, I, I don't know. I really appreciate Sutter and his willingness to be frank and just say what's, what's on his mind. He's so blunt. He's so blunt. Completely. It's great. Yeah. I have to go with Sutter. I mean, I do too. Yeah. I'm sorry, but Andrew Brunette, you know, took over for Joel Quinville with a team that's essentially on rails to succeed. And Gerard Gallant had a Vesna. Your goalie your goalie carried you there. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. I'm sorry. Your goal I I, I highly rated Gerard Gallant. I still do. I talked about that on the show when the Rangers signed him. I was over the moon for Rangers fans because I'm like, holy shit, what a signing. This season, I am sorry, I do not view Gerard Gallant as the as the top coach if you do i, I understand it uh, out of these three it's got to be sutter uh, you know my opinion uh no rod brindamore here is bullshit and uh, there's one coach in particular you know it depends on how you view the award is it about pure results what is the award about um jared bednar of the colorado avalanche not a finalist for coach year. It's the same thing we've talked about before, and you've heard this talked about to death. You know, I again, Joel, uh, Joel Quinville, gigantic piece of shit. Uh, he never won coach of the year. He never won the Jack Adams while he was with Chicago. He won it while he was with St. Louis before that. But what is like the definition of coach of the year? You know, sure, you don't necessarily want it to go to automatically the team that had the best record. But then what is it? Is the, the award where it's like, well, you weren't as good as we thought you were going to be? Is is that how we're defining it? In which case, 
I still give it to Calgary over New York. Yeah, because Sutter came into the situation where we were questioning what the hell do they do, and Sutter completely mm-hmm. turned that around and, and left no doubt. And, well, yeah, results speak for themselves. But, yeah, another thing I would like to – like, I think mentions should be, even though they didn't, you know, weren't there a whole lot of time, but, you know, guys like Bruce Boudreaux and Marty St. Louis who completely – I was going to also mention Woodcroft in Edmonton. That sure. team sucked. Yeah. That team absolutely sucked. And we're going down fast. Woodcroft comes in, the Oilers make the playoffs. So I completely agree with you. I'm sorry to have cut you off about St. Louis and company because you are 100% correct. I think those guys also deserve a very big shout. Yeah. I feel terrible for cutting no, you off fine. there. I'm it's sorry. Fine. It felt like you were going to be on a roll, and I'm just like, but Woodcroft! <laughs> put, put up the Bernie Sanders finger. Um, God damn. So, yeah, I mean, coach of the year, Daryl Sutter. Endo, any disagreements? Not at all. Just got right. to pull off, like, a big, how well that team has gelled together uh, since last season. Uh, basically do, like, a whole 180. Got to go with the guy. All right, sorry, I'm just having to get limbered up here. Our final topic before we get to the playoffs, everybody. <clears throat> Regards the Boston Bruins. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's where you're stretching. Sorry, getting stretched out, getting limbered up. You're going to throw you know, something out. to get here. loose. Fuck. All right, so the playoffs. <laughs> uh, the, Tampa- <laughs> uh, the Boston Bruins are indeed bringing back Bruce Cassidy and Don Sweeney. Uh, Cassidy, obviously, is head coach. Don Sweeney is the GM. Of the team, uh, I knew something was up. I thought somebody died. I had so many alerts on Twitter when I woke up and checked my phone. Um, you know, it is what it is. And honestly, it's what I expected it to be. I didn't expect anything to change. Because that's not a Bruins thing to do. Um, the owner of the team, Jeremy Jacobs, doesn't exactly push for changes. He is one of those owners, and it's been proven that as long as he gets his playoff revenue for a couple of home games every year, he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't, which I think is incredibly short-sighted, but yep. what are you going to do? Um, I, I don't have this, and I'm sorry to disappoint people, I don't have this gigantic rant to go on in regards to this because it is exactly what I expected, and I can only, I can only hope for the best. My hope is that Patrice Bergeron comes back and that they actually go for it. I doubt it. I just, I don't, I'm very indifferent to this. How can you be disappointed in what you expected? At the same time, yeah, does it feel like you're, uh, does it feel like you're uh, uh, leaving, you know, leaving a bit on the table in terms of potential? I just... I don't have this big rant and rave to go on. I, I'm not overly sad. I'm certainly not happy. It's just, okay, you're keeping things the same. Fucking win. Win. Like I don't, I don't want to hear any excuses. I don't want to hear about how close they've gotten the last two times they made it to the Stanley Cup Final. The only thing I can point out is, number one, I mean, you wasted, you, you know, you wasted Tuka Rask. I'm sorry, but look at Game 6 against Chicago and Game 7 against St. Louis. That wasn't Tuka Rask. That was the team in front of them that uh, just died a slow, painful death. The bottom line is, 
you have had Patrice Bergeron, David Posternock, and Brad Marchand all signed to less than $7 million a year per season. And you do not have a Stanley Cup. That's pretty rough. If we make it through this full era and Bergeron retires and Pasta walks at the end of next year, it is going to go down as one of the biggest missed opportunities in the history of professional sports. To have a core that strong and to miss. I mean, that's the only way I can phrase it as I try to Miyagi a gnat out of, out of my face. Uh, that's the only way I can phrase it. Yeah. I mean, like, I Sin, I, I obviously don't mean to twist the knife, but it's like, you as a Sharks fan, you look back at Marlowe and Thornton and Pavelski, they fucking blew it. Not the players, but the team couldn't get the right players around that core to get them over the edge. Yeah. That leadership group, the management group, fucking blew it. And that's, you know, that's worse to me than if the Bruins were just consistently shit. Like, no disrespect to Sabres fans. I would rather be where you have been, and I get it, it's probably easy to say that from my ivory tower up here of watching a successful team. I would rather consistently have my team be shit and don't, you know, I've experienced my team being shit. You know, let's talk about the late 90s, early 2000s Bruins. Like, they were not fucking good. Even once Chara and Savard got there, it still took them a little bit to get going. Yes, they have been consistently good for over a decade now for the most part. I would rather have my team be consistently shit than to waste such an incredible window of opportunity because to me that's more painful. No. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying you know anybody else has to view it that way, but man, just to just to think that again, Bergeron, Pasternak, Marshawn, Tuka Rask, Zdeno Chara, David Krejci, and I mean, you got one cup to show for it before Pasta got there. That's all. That's all I got. Please fucking win. Yeah, you know what? Just please like, win. It's a kind of. Uh... To kind of like compound, like expand on that just a little bit. I think about a Sharks team in 2019 who made the conference finals with not good contracts, a lot of those, um, with contracts who were already beginning to spiral downward. Uh, yeah. And I, it, it surprises me that Boston, I mean, you made, you made it in 2019. But yeah, you you came you know, obviously you came up short. Um, but yeah, the fact of the last three years, the Boston results have been what they have is is a huge huge miss. And honestly, deeper than that, if you want to talk about Sweeney as a GM, I like to look at draft history. And his I don't se- I know you don't, but his seven years are abysmal. Yeah, you get a poster knock, but from that you have twenty one players. I th- or like in the last, I can't. Remember, I, I you want to go over it. There's there's like thirty plus in the last few years alone who who have or who like who have never hit NHL have never played an NHL game. Like Don Sweeney took over for the Boston Bruins as the general manager on May twentieth, twenty fifteen. From the twenty fifteen draft. 54 games for Jakob Zaboral, who they did just re-sign. DeBrusque, Seneshin obviously didn't make it. 
They did get Carlo in that draft. Forsbacher, Carlson played a little bit. Lozon and Vladar. It was a pretty good draft. 2016, McAvoy, Frederick, Ryan Lindgren, who got traded to the Rangers for uh, Rick Nash. And then Oscar Steen, honestly not that bad. 2017, uh, Vakanainen, Studnika, but then Jeremy Swayman. So decent. 2018, not a single player from that 2018 class has made it yet. Yeah, I knew there was like a three-year... 2019, not a single player from the 2019 class has made it yet. Yeah, this is the one I'm thinking of. 2020, not a single player from that class has made it yet. 2021, no. They have not seen a draft pick from their last four drafts make it to the NHL. That 2018 draft, for comparison, uh, the Bruins took Axel Anderson. Uh, In terms of players who have gotten a significant amount of games selected after him, uh, you know, there's not that many. Jasper Weatherby for the Sharks, Philip Kurashev for Chicago, Sharon Govich for New Jersey. So it's not that brutal. Uh, and then 2019, you know, first round they take John Beecher. Um, second round you got guys like Kaliev, Hoaglander. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not the biggest set of misses in the world. But at the same time, you're also certainly not hitting. Yeah, and I understand that like it's closer, so like you know more 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 years of development for the guys who are taken in 18, 19, and twenty. But yeah, that is kind of like that coupled with the twenty fifteen fumbling. Like he hasn't gotten over that. He hasn't. Yeah. Like they have not recovered from the twenty fifteen debacle. That was that is such what, an opportunity that went by the wayside. Zaboral that's what, is a depth guy. Top six, maybe. He's third pair at best. Yeah, that's, yeah. And obviously Seneshin is probably Didn't make it. NHL He's with or... the Sens now, and DeBrusque has already requested a trade. Yeah. The problem is that he, he hasn't overcome that 2015 draft. And he won't unless he wins the Stanley Cup. Period. Like, you cannot it, it it's not a hindsight thing everybody knew at the time what that what are you doing reaching especially for Zach Senishin um again everybody knows immediately after Barzell Kyle Connor Thomas Shabbat uh Brock Besser Travis Connecting went later on in that first round Anthony Beauvillier uh, in the second round I mean shit even Christian Fisher would have been an upgrade on Senishin Travis Dermott <clears throat> Sebastian Ajo um you know, those are some of the players that went in between picks uh, I almost uh, feel like, 13, yeah. 14, 15, and their second-round pick, Brandon Carlo. Like almost everyone after their three picks in that 2015 draft have, like, almost everyone, not everyone, but have, like, touched the NHL ice or had some kind of impact. It's kind of nuts. Like there is not one player in the remainder of the first round who hasn't at least seen the NHL. Wow. There are only two players um, picked between Seneshin at 15 and Carlo at... Um, at 37, who haven't seen the NHL, and that's uh, Jeremy Waugh, who was drafted by the Sharks. Injuries. And Gabe Gagne of the Sens. Yeah, Jeremy Waugh got fucked by knee injuries. Oh, yeah, yeah. he yeah he was very promising. God, he hasn't, he hasn't lived that down. Like, you think Don Sweeney is a GM. You think 2015 and you think 2019 losing to the Blues. Yeah. He doesn't have a positive legacy right now. He doesn't at all. Win. Win. You inherited David Posternock. And he fumbled at Win. the trade deadline. Again, like that's that's my biggest thing. Like I'm sorry, but 
you get Hampus Lindholm to be this big shutdown defenseman. I'm not saying Hampus Lindholm played bad at all, but that defense and that goaltending still struggled. And in the close games, especially Game 7, they did not have the offense to score. Yeah, I have seen nothing but failure from Don Sweeney as the GM of the Boston Bruins. Now, depending on your definition of failure, maybe he has passed the test for you on occasion. I mean, again, like I'm not denying it. The Bruins have consistently made the playoffs since Don Sweeney has been here. Again, he took over at the end of 2015. They missed the playoffs his first year at the helm. And then first round, second round, Stanley Cup finals, second round, second round, first round. Is that enough for some people? Sure. Is that enough when, again, you have Bergeron, Marshawn, and Pasternak to the contracts they're signed to? When you have a consistently top-tier goaltender in the NHL and Tuka Rask? Is that enough? No, it is not. End of... Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm not overly happy, but God. I would love to have the NHL have so. those contracts. Not only the contracts, but the production you get out of them. Like we're paying Couture eight million. He's solid. He's great, but I mean he's not putting up Marshan points for seven million. Or not even seven million. Marshan's making like six one two or something like that. Like I think six six maybe or six yeah, six one two five for Marshan, you're uh, right. Uh-huh. Market value Brad Marchand's making nine to ten million. Absolutely, easily. You know, we sit there and talk about no offense, Endo, but Toronto and the big stars not taking these sweetheart deals. We look at the success of Tampa. Their team did take sweetheart deals, and they've made the most of it. The Bruins haven't. The bottom line is the Bruins have been outworked by Tampa. Tampa's management group has done a better job with a similar situation than Boston's management has. That's what it comes down to. And it really fucking sucks. Yeah. (laughs) It really, really sucks. Let's get to talking about the playoffs here because I could rant and ramble about that all day. I said I didn't have a rant and sin kind of took me by the hand and led me through it. I I know you, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, you you have a rant. I'm just going to fucking poke until I get it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll start off with uh, Tuesday's action. First game of the playoffs, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. Game one, the Lightning win it. A convincing 4-1 to final score without Braden Point, who will also miss game two tonight. I, man, like a lot of people like the Sergei Bobrovsky start game two, and I believe he is, but you got to rely on that $10 million goaltender, but... That was not the first impression that the Florida Panthers needed to make on home ice at all. It's brutal. They started, you know, they got the first goal of the game, and then, yikes. Yeah, and you know what? They lost because they didn't, they didn't play Jumbo. I'm sorry. It's just it's what happens. That's clearly the answer. When you don't play a legend. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's uh, Tampa is scary. Again, how they, they're, they're, they, they keep doing it, and for Florida – to fumble home ice and fumble them being without their one seat. I'm worried for them. Absolutely worried for them. This is why I don't bet against Tampa. <laughs> Goal scorers in that game for the Lightning. Corey Perry. Pierre-Edouard Belmar. Nikita Kucherov and Ross Colton. Oh, depth. Scoring depth. Imagine depth. Imagine. 
Uh, three power play goals, by the way, in that game for the Lightning, too. Oh, yeah. That's Isn't Florida's power play like 0 for 21 now in the playoffs or something stupid? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were 0 for 18 in the first round, right? Yeah, so I figure they got like three in that game. <laughs> yeah. There's just there's not too much to say, and you don't want to try to dissect too much from the first game of a series. But, I mean, that's that's the end of it. It's just they 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 blew it, man. They blew it. And it really... You know, offense to Endo again, you know, you do wonder like what would we have seen from a game one with say Toronto and Florida and maybe if it would have been a better performance from the Florida Panthers or is this just kind of a, a habit for them? I mean, Washington as well put up a, a really solid fight. So We'll move on to that second game from Tuesday, unless Endo's got anything to add. But, I mean, it's just, you know, hey, you know how good of a team Tampa is, and they showed it against Florida, right? Yeah, uh, it's going to be... I just like that we're having two, like, state-slash-provincial, like, battles, which is interesting. Mm. It's great to see, like, how hockey's grown in these places. I mean, obviously, Alberta, it's been like that for forever. But with both of these teams coming up at the exact same time with uh, Tampa and Florida itself... Good, good hockey. I still think I still think Tampa's gonna win it though. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning toward it. They have such a realistic shot at going back to the Stanley Cup final now. They absolutely it's, do. It's crazy. It's insane. Absolutely crazy. Colorado and St. Louis, the Blues giving the Avs everything they could handle in that first game. Was it though? Is that? A, I hope that's not everything. That the Blues got for the Avs because the Avs fucking dominated. <laughs> yeah. Well, in terms of uh, in terms of Jordan Bennington, <laughs> let's be honest. I tried to make it sound good for the Blues, okay? Because I said, hey, they have a realistic shot. Uh, they don't if they're gonna play like that. Because Jordan Bennington would have to steal the series, and I'm sorry, I just I, I don't I don't think he can keep playing like that to hold the team in it. You are correct. The Avs dominated that game. The Blues almost pulled it off. It was a uh, an overtime win for the Avs. Josh Manson's first ever playoff goal. But I can't. Believe yeah, that that game overtime. would have been fucking ten two if it wasn't for Jordan Binning. I cannot believe it went to overtime. Like that was insane. But like, I think I saw Jay Fresh mention it. Like that's kind of what St. Louis does. They just keep hanging around, and, and sometimes they get the win. But I don't think you could just hang hang around with the Avs for seven or you know in a seven game series. Uh, but to the on, on the same page, the Avs have to capitalize on more chances. They hit five posts, and I don't care what you say. If you hit the post, you you missed. I don't care how close you were. That's a miss. If if like we we don't talk about shots that whistled just wide, really. Like a lot of the time, so like a post is the same thing, just a little bit closer. It doesn't fucking matter if it doesn't go in the back of the net, like unlucky maybe but at the same time you just missed like so yeah so the abs have to be able to capitalize on more chances because it's not like they weren't beating him but again they were hitting posts and shit so other than that yeah. they are scary they're absolutely terrifying uh, team to watch it was not the uh first impression i i thought we'd see from the blues i'm gonna be honest yeah. it really wasn't too look that shaky defensively again don't want to like they couldn't break the fucking puck out that was crazy anyway sorry i could 
that I, I no, that was I, the first game no. I actually watched of Colorado, like full way through, and I was just like, "Holy fucking shit, this team is on another level." Yeah, it's just I mean, it's just one of those things where you look at, you know, you look at the Blues, and it's like, okay, you're better than that, or just the Avs that much better that it doesn't matter that you're better than that. Yeah, it's tough to say after one game, and especially tough to say it's like where they came from. The Avs played Nashville, so it's like, yeah, your raffle stomped them. Okay, how are you going to do against this Blues team? In hindsight, you know, the Blues play a more even matchup in, you know, in the wild, but how, then you got to think how close are the wild to the Avalanche? And But it's every it, different opponent, different game plan. I mean, or a different feel to everything, I guess you could say. I mean, that kind of goes for the other uh, opening yeah. uh, game. We go to the East, Carolina, New York. New York Rangers score first in that game in the first period. Filipedal. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you get through the rest of the first period and the second period and down to the final five minutes in the third period, and it's still one nothing Rangers until Sebastian Ajo ties it. And then Ian Cole off a deflection of dreams scores the OT winner. Jesus, man. <laughs> As a Bruins fan, it's like, where were these struggles for the Hurricanes on home ice when they played the Bruins? Maybe the Rangers are that much better than the Bruins because holy shit. Like, I get it. This was the game, right, where the Canes hit, like, the record amount of posts or tied the most amount of uh, posts hit in a game. Something like that. But still, like you said, you, know, you hit the post, you missed. But I, I cannot believe that the Rangers looked like as strong as they did and were nearly able to pull it off. Yeah, I. To me, I, I, I don't know. I, I still have this huge, huge something holding me back from believing in the Rangers. I, I can't tell you what uh-huh. it is. It's a gut fucking thing. And. Um, this this worries me about the Canes' chances. Uh, not only in this series, but if they do make it past, like how are they gonna hold up to the Lightning? Because <laughs> the Lightning, it's I don't know, it's weird. Like, yeah, I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch this game, but it's closer than I felt like it should be. And the Rangers, again, I still have trouble believing in them. And so, what was up with the Canes, or what are they? Was it were they getting jerkened or what? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where. The Hurricanes were so dominant against the Bruins on home ice. Yeah. And then the Rangers were three minutes away from getting a shutout. Uh, the shots in this game were actually in the Rangers' favor, 28-26. One penalty apiece. So, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to make of this. Uh, I will say, for as much as we doubt the Rangers, and Rangers fans, if you were like, okay, well, what's it going to take? Beat the beat the Carolina Hurricanes, I'll believe you. Yeah, yeah. If you beat the Hurricanes, beat the Hurricanes, yeah. I'll believe you. Especially after how I saw them pretty much handle the Bruins, particularly on home ice. So I am now very intrigued by the rest of that series, and I think a lot of people are. I think most people were kind of viewing this as, uh, all right, Canes are going to the conference final. Maybe not. Maybe not, and that uh, that does say a lot, yeah, for sure. And then we get. <laughs> to the final game and the final topic of conversation for today's podcast. Holy hell. The Calgary Flames beat the Edmonton Oilers in game one. 
nine to six. The Flames set the record for fastest two goals to start a playoff game in NHL history, 51 seconds into the game. Keep in mind, again, the Flames scored nine goals in this game. They didn't yeah. score their ninth goal of the series against Dallas until game five. In one of the most ridiculous stat lines I've ever heard. This defense sucks. Uh, this game featured more goals than Ottinger allowed in the entirety of that round one matchup. Matthew Kachuk gets the first Calgary playoff hat trick since Theo Fleury in 1995. And Connor McDavid has 31 points in his last 16 playoff games. The Oilers are 5 wins, 11 losses in that span. That's so bad. Not and Mike me. Smith, who got pulled in the first period after allowing 3 goals, will be starting game 2. Yeah, because he didn't start game 1. <laughs> <laughs> From the top oh rope, sin for the win. <laughs> Ruthless, sir. <laughs> Ruthless. God. So, from the Calgary perspective, they were up 5-1 to one at one point in this game. Bad. Everything was looking, frankly, incredible. Um, you know, especially, you know, again, those early goals, Lindholm, Manchapani, and Brett Ritchie. Speaking of, I mean, God, Calgary. Like, what they've gotten out of a line of Brett Ritchie, Trevor Lewis, and Milan Lucic. Jesus Christ. That's the most Daryl Sutter line in the history <laughs> I was just going to say that. Like, that's his... That's our identity line. <laughs> you get Blake Coleman. Well, actually, in fairness, McDavid made it 3-1. And then second period, Blake Coleman gets his first two goals of the playoffs. It's 5-1, and it's like, huh. Well, this is done. And then Evan Bouchard scores. 5-2. Hmm. And then Matthew Kachuk scores. 6-2. It's gotta be done. And then Jacob Markstrom turns into Louis Domingue. Yes. Turns into David Riddick. What the fuck, man? This is a Vesna finalist? This is the worst game I, I can imagine Jake Markstrom has ever played in his career. Two awful goals scored by Zach Hyman. Then Leon Dreisaitl scores. Out of nowhere, it's 6-5 to five heading into the third period. Kyler Yamamoto makes it 6-6 six, six, a minute and a half into the third period. And then the... Flames score three more, including two for Matthew Kachuk, so he has a hat trick. Nine to six, the final score. What the fuck? Endo, what the fuck was this? I got no words. Um, That's your goalie calling it early. That's 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 it. That's just a mess. That is that is a mess. Did he stay this in was the, the game? most Leafs game to never feature the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, this Thanks. was a Leafs Leafs Oilers game. That's what it was. Thanks. Like, holy shit! It, I, I can't believe it. I really can't. It was nuts how how wide open it was when the, when the Flames went up three zero. I was like, it's over. This is a Daryl Sutter fucking team. But again, you just can't ever doubt McDavid and or Markstrom shit in the bed. Like McDavid obviously played great. Had some great plays, but 
really, yeah, it was just really bad goaltending. Um, some bad defense by Oilers, but we expect that, but mostly just bad goaltending. Yeah, Markstrom let in – some of the goals he let in were horrible. The one on Dreisel, like it's an okay shot, but you get a piece of it. You got to stop that. Um, yeah, the two from Hyman were just woof. It was this bizarre. Was, uh, it was like we literally got transported back in time to the eighties for this for this game. Yeah, this was um, Florida Panthers early Vancouver Jake Markstrom, mm. and I wasn't sure if we'd ever see that level of Jake Markstrom again. And uh, I'm sure Flames fans are hoping that we never do, yeah. because that was absolutely horrific. <laughs> There are no words to explain it. It was incredible to watch. You know, I was streaming. I had it on, corner of my eye, watching it. And every time I looked over, it felt like there was at least another one or two goals scored. Just an absolutely insane game to experience. But how do you you assess that? Again, we've said it for every single series. You don't want to look too much into one game. You know, if this ends up being 5-1 for the Flames, you're just like, oh, God, the Oilers are screwed. But... Jacob Markstrom, (laughs) you know, despite allowing nine goals, granted one was an empty netter, I don't think the Oilers are going to be too discouraged by this. I would. The takeaway is we scored six goals on Jake Markstrom. We can do it again. Yeah. Like, that was supposed to be, in a sense, the strength of the Flames. Granted, we kind of saw it against Dallas and in this one, just their ability to fucking bombard the opposition in terms of shots. That's exactly what happened, too. Like, Markstrom didn't have to face that many shots, and he still looked as bad as he did. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty rough. And honestly, it was, for me early on especially, Mike Smith could not handle a a puck thrown at him. Like, he had no rebound control. looked like he couldn't really track the puck. It was awful. Like, really, really awful. Koskinen didn't do too much better, but it's also Koskinen. I have no idea what to expect for game two, but I think everyone feels the same way of, you know, can't wait to see it. Yeah, Brady Kachuk's Friday gonna night's going to be insane. In the, fan, in the stands again, we know that. <laughs> Keith Kachuk not throwing his hat for his own son's hat trick. Yeah, that was weird, but. I'm balls. You, you are Keith Kachuk, sir. <laughs> Kachuk yeah. that hat on the ice. There you go. Bam. Like, Terrible. you want to talk about somebody being able to afford another hat? Holy God! Really likes the hat. Do you know? Guess <laughs> if you had to guess, cap friendly for all old players too has their estimated career earnings. Mm. You want to guess how much it's projected that Keith Kachuk earned in his playing career for a guy who played obviously mostly uh, yeah. in the nineties? I'm gonna say he actually played until 2010, which is yeah, absurd. yeah, he played for a yeah. while. I'm gonna say like 65 million. Endo, you got a guess? Eighty-five million. Endo was closer. Eighty-one million. Oh shit! Keith Kachuk estimated earnings from Cap Friendly. Damn. Yeah, that that motherfucker can afford a few hats. <laughs> like your son just got the first hat trick in team history since nineteen ninety-five. Was Math? How old was Matthew Kachuk when Theo Fleury? He was, last scored that. He, he wasn't was, alive. No, he wasn't yeah, he yet, was still then. a little spermy and said Keith Kachuk. It was two years after. I couldn't remember how old Matthew Kachuk was. I'm like, he's 26, right? No, he's 24. He'll be 25 in December. With Motherfucker <laughs> wasn't alive. Motherfucker was swimming in his in his father's nutsack when this when Teal Furry got it. 
It's nuts. And you don't throw your hat for your son. I don't understand. <laughs> I it's confirmed. I I do not understand uh, understand rich white people. <laughs> Tugi. I mean, it, you and I you both. Don't have buddy. <laughs> you and I both. <laughs> if it wasn't official before, it's it's official now. Motherfucker. Won't even throw his hat for his kid. <sighs> Boys, let's be honest. The highlight of the show was talking about Godzilla monsters. It was beautiful. Um, <laughs> Look for the dog. Still my favorite kaiju. Oh, God. So heading into our next show at the start of next week, we will have some more games to talk about, which will be nice. We'll have a much, uh, hopefully, clearer picture of what these series are going to be. Um, I think every single every single series, yeah, will be at least three games in. Uh, by the time we have our next show. So uh, I'll throw it out there. Final question of the show. Out of those four playoff series, does anybody have a 3 nothing lead by the time we record our next show? Mm. Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's tough. Um, anybody want to go on a limb and, and say? I'm going to say if there is going to be one, it's going to be Tampa. Yeah. Ooh. I don't think Florida's got it. They simply are not built correctly. I think they're going to learn what Toronto should have learned. They outskilled Washington, but not really. Only just. Only just. I, they're not going to be able to. Do you, do you outskill a team if you don't score a power play goal on 18 attempts? That's the other thing. If They, they need to get that power play going, but they're, they're, that's, that's dragging them down. I don't know. I think if there is going to be a 3-0, it's going to be that. I, I think Edmonton's going to win against Calgary. It's just going to be too close. Um, Carolina, like the way Carolina played, like Rangers, like Shesterkin's going to steal them one, and they have enough top six talent to get the job done. Maybe the Avs, but I still, th- I still got to say the Blues are a team that that are, is going to luck their way into a win, not luck their way, but defend and bend, don't break their way into a win eventually. I, I. I really don't have much confidence in in, in, the, in Florida after that first game performance, and I'm pissed at them because Jumbo at this point is only going to get his name on the cup if he plays one game in the finals, and they win. I would have said Colorado, and I wouldn't have said that on our last show, but my God, if St. Louis looks as bad as they did defensively, yeah, Bennington can't. He can't withstand that. There's no fucking way. I don't think there's any goalie in the world. If you put Jake Ottinger in there, it's not going to happen with the chances that the Blues were giving up. So, Endo, you're going to go out on a limb, or are you just going to say, ah, I'm just going to enjoy it. It is what it is. Uh, I'm just here so everyone ha- to see everyone have a good time. Uh, no, but go. I think I think the only one's going to be Tampa. Tampa's going to do that 3-0 lead. And maybe... Florida takes a game after that, but it's going to be a short series over there. Like you thought it would be a little bit more contested, but when you when you, you win one round, you think you're in. But when you play the second round, you're like, oh, shit, this team's actually a lot stronger than the other team we face. Also, oh, they're back to back champions. Like, yeah. Florida, I'm rooting for you. Again, I want a new Stanley Cup winner this year. Yeah, please, <laughs> please. Let's see better performances. Boys, with that, I thank you for joining me again. I thank all of you, of course, for watching and listening to another edition of the Tukey Steak Podcast. We will be back next week 
Can't wait to see what questions we get after today's show. <laughs> you never know what we're going to be asked, but hey, we're here. Again, manscaped.com, code to get checkout. You know the deal? Endo Mills, what do you got going on throughout this weekend, buddy? Um, I'm actually inside the creative suite right now for NHL 22, making the Savannah Ghost Pirates mock jersey because the logo's not in the game. They don't have Ghost as a playoff, as a play-by-play name. They have Pirates, though. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, if you guys haven't looked up the uh, Savannah Ghost Pirates logo. A uh, new name. ECHL team that's going to be affiliated with the Vegas Golden Knights. What a shame. Uh, I will try to remember to put it up on screen now. But uh, holy hell, man. Top tier. Top, top tier logo. It's beautiful. Shared it up on Twitter in case I didn't uh, remember. Sin, what do you got going on, buddy? A nap. Um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously, uh, you find me on the YouTube side of things, Sin for the Win Productions. Follow me on Twitter for weird playoff tweeting, Sin FDW Prod, on Instagram at Paul Sinners, and of course, on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, all the major pro- all the major platforms. My music is up, an acoustic EP, as well as my full instrumentation, kind of rock, pop punk single at uh, Paul Sinders. So go check it out. Go stream it. Go listen. I'm at 100 monthly listeners already on uh, Spotify. So let's go. If, uh, again, if you're listening to this podcast, all you got to do, type in the name. You don't even have to change. You don't even have to change platforms. Whatever app you're on, you're good to go. It's right there. You're already where you need to be. Just put in that little bit of extra effort. You can find me everywhere at 2 24 of course, YouTube side of things. Of course, we stream every night on Twitch as well. A reminder, on the YouTube side of things, uh, the main channel, of course, we have our, uh, our our lovely videos, of course, covering Gretzky 05, the five teams to never make a cup final, the uh, EA versus 2K series, of course, that we got going on, so make sure to check those videos out, and again, the second channel, TWOGIE24, the home for all of our franchise mode content, including... Our Boston Bruins NHL 22 franchise, and of course you can see these two quite often in our Ottawa Senators franchise on NHL 2K10 as we play through a full season with the Sens to try and win a cup. Um, My God, every episode's a delight in its own way. (laughs) It gets nutty around like game 45. It just gets super nutty. You'll understand yeah. when you get when the episode's out there and you get there. Trust me, you want to stay along for this ride. It's it's insane. It's a fun time. Everybody, we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend, and goodbye.